I'm here with the guys from The Void. Uh, we're here at TED, TED 2016. Welcome, James Jensen and Ken Brettschneider. Welcome to Series A. So let's talk a little bit about your company as a company, uh, not just as a freaky-ass experience here at TED, <laughs> where everybody walks in uh, disbelieving and walks out convinced that you're the future. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you guys came up with the idea and also where you plan to take the business as a business, because I think this thing is going to rock the world. So let's uh, start with who came up with the idea? Well, I think it was a combination of all of us, but this journey kind of began for me uh, about 16 years ago now. And uh, at this concept of mapping a virtual world over a physical world. And then uh, I met Ken Brettschneider and Curtis Sickman in uh, early 2014. And uh, Curtis Sickman and Ken were actually building Evermore Park. Uh, it was a full immersive Evermore Park that had uh, all kinds of effects. He actually became one of the characters in the park and it changed over time. And uh, through that project, uh, Ken and Curtis and I came up with creating this uh, thing called The Void, where it was um, this virtual world mapped over a physical world, and um, I think that's where it came from. I'm just going to read um, the welcome sign to The Void to give you a sense <laughs> of what, uh, what kind of a welcome you're going to get. It says, The Void is an exciting walkthrough interactive experience that involves sudden and intense sounds, visual effects, pressurized air effects, temperature change, sudden drops, and hands-on interaction with practical objects. It is advised that persons that are pregnant have PTSD, vertigo, back pain, arachnophobia, trouble ascending or descending stairs, seizures, epilepsy, or sensitivities to the following should not enter the void. Sounds a little scary. What the hell is that? What the hell? If you had to like explain what this is to your grandmother, what would you say? Oh, man say lots of things uh, it, it's it's really a trip into another world and that's really what our vision is and, and by doing that we take over all senses right so we aren't just a VR company a lot of people VR. think tell what VR is. VR virtual reality in the sense that people think of it as far as just the visual sense we think the true experience of VR is total immersion meaning that we hit all of your senses your sense of smell sight, hearing, you know, uh, touch, everything, right? So the environment that we're creating is something that hits all of your senses and makes you feel like you're completely immersed in another world. Has anybody tried anything like this? What could we compare it to? It's not like paintball. <laughs> like where else do you don a, you know, a full vest and a helmet and, you know, wh who else does this kind of thing? Uh, scuba divers. <laughs> maybe so that's it. Maybe that that's comparison. a good comparison. I, I, I saw a meme once that said uh, it was a picture of a scuba diver, and it said, "Who would ever put on virtual reality equipment to experience another world?" And it's like this scuba diver guy, right? And it's like <laughs> the best meme ever. That is the best and, meme. Uh, yeah. I think it's. Uh, we want people to forget they have the equipment on. We want it to be super easy for people to put the gear on and then forget about it and then go into a new world and just experience it. There's no learning curve in the void. We basically put the gear on you and then say, go do what you normally do. Go around and sit on things and grab things and experiment and have fun with it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So um, tell me a little bit about what... Uh, so, so a little bit about how you came up with the concept and then how it developed. So I imagine it didn't come fully, you know, it didn't appear 
as it is now? Like, how? Did, what was the development process like? Yeah, it started out pretty simple. Um, we we had basically a two wall system, and we were walking in a circle, and it was done with this different tracking method. Once we once we figured out that we could do that, we moved to a bigger system, and then uh, I want to say Ken something Curtis, about that though because it was really cool. It was a really neat experience. Yeah. So we took kind of the best of the off the shelf uh, stuff that we could find. Yep. We put together a small development team to create kind of an environment for it, which was like a spaceship. Yep. And um, you know, I plunked down about a quarter million dollars to build it. And as as we went through it, it was really cool because we walked down a hallway of a spaceship, and then you came out into a balcony area and you're looking over the universe. <laughs> and then you turned cool. the corner and you came down another hallway back into the spaceship in a different you know a different part of the spaceship and. Just that alone was so powerful. I mean, it was literally one divider wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's all it was. I guess and I don't just, give it enough credit. <laughs> yeah, just the one wall and experiencing it, it was such a powerful moment for us that we said, this is just... Yeah, this is where it's at. Pretty amazing, you know. Let's um, take it to the next level. And then our, our other partner that's not here, Curtis Hickman. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a big problem with virtual reality is um, if we want to give people choice and, and let them go right or left, then we've got to build all of the walls right or left, right? Well, virtual <laughs> and physical. Yeah, virtual and physical map together, right? So um, it was a pretty fill, big fill problem. A million square foot warehouse. Yeah, so. it actually, if you did that, then you'd have to have this huge place, right? So uh, Curtis Hickman is a brilliant uh, magician. He worked with David Copperfield and created illusions for them. And he uh, actually developed our stage system that uses a uh, unique form of redirective walking. So we actually can build a whole city inside of a 60-foot area by redirecting people and turning them back on themselves. So that's the unique IP, really. Is yeah, that is one of the unique IPs. Yeah. We have several others based on our technology that we've kind of just had to create over time mm -hmm. out of necessity. Yeah. yeah, well, that's usually where it comes from, right? Yep. So what, is, what are your secret superpowers? So Curtis obviously has this um, unique ability yeah. to make large spaces small. <laughs> yeah. What's your secret superpower? My secret superpower is, uh, I don't know, pulling, pulling the right people together at the right time, I guess. I don't know. You could probably describe his secret, My, secret superpower better probably, than Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a little shy. Like, no. no, he's, uh, I think we're a bunch of children. That's our secret superpower. We're a bunch of kids, right? <laughs> that love what we're doing. I mean, I think it's it's that and tenacity and endurance and uh, not sleeping. Well, okay. I, let's be more specific. So, what are you good at? What am I good at? Yeah. Um, what, what's your? T are you technically? So I've been all over the place, right? Especially, I mean, in all of our backgrounds, we've been in visual effects and animation and and uh, you know game, game development, development, web yeah. development, yeah, um, production. My Music. specific background and, and Ken's, we've developed other companies. Uh, we've had relationships and, and partnerships, and yeah. we're kind of serial entrepreneurs in a sense. Mm -hmm. and we've learned a lot. We've built really great teams, and we brought the best people from those teams to this project. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really the question because when you think about it, you know, why are you three guys? Like, why are you going to win here, right? So, we have a magician. <laughs> we call him a wizard. Yeah. A wizard. So, what did you do before this, Ken? <clears throat> um, male stripper? No, I'm just <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. No, it's not. Um, no, I um, I've done a lot of things. I I've literally tried all kinds of businesses in my youth, and and uh, uh, but I started out in fine arts, just an oil painter, painted paintings. 
took him to galleries, made crappy money, but I loved what I did, and uh, but I couldn't make a really good living at it, and so I started doing digital art and doing 3D animation in the early, early days, and then did video game development, and then uh, started doing web projects, did front-end and back-end systems, so both the design and then also designing back-end systems. I did branding during that time also, so I did a lot of digital design and branding. And I think that's one of the strengths that I brought to the project, because I, 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 I probably brought a lot of the core branding to the company. Hmm. Um, so the visuals and the branding... Yeah, I mean, a combination. I didn't and the $250,000. Yeah, yeah, Where did you get the money? Huh? Where did you get the so, big, Ken? Yeah, so, I, <laughs> so I, back in 2002, I created a company called Digicer. Um, Which is what? Encryption Security. Okay. Um, so we're SSL certificate provider. Um, we built, uh, I built that company from, from the ground up with no funding, zero funding. I had uh, $30,000 of my own money saved and created that business and uh, became the second largest SSL certificate provider in the world. Wow. What year and, was that? Um, I was in 2002 and then over a decade, 10 years, I built the company up and very tough decision, but decided to sell the company at the end of 2012. Um, just because I, it was time to move on to something new, and I really wanted to get back to my roots of of art and creating, and loved like location-based entertainment concepts. So what did you, what have you? So I took all my passions and yeah. kind of put it together, and this is where we came together. I mean, yeah. the three of us were—it's a perfect partnership. It really is. Yeah, yeah it really is. So it's called location-based entertainment. Is that what it's location -based called? Location-based virtual reality yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Is that a new category you're creating, or is that already exists? Yeah. Location-based I mean, entertainment. I think we're defining it in a new way, right? It, it really, it was tried maybe back in in the '90s. Um, there's certainly been some VR concepts, um, but I think the technology just wasn't ready yet at that time. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't where it needed to be, and. Um, so this was the right time for it, and I, I think it's just our collection of experience with the three of us that we rounded each other out well. Um, I had yeah. a little bit more business experience. Um, uh, we actually brought on another partner that is the king of schmooze. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that in a Craig really Watson's good way. Awesome. I mean that in a really great way. I mean, the guy has the biggest Rolodex in the world, and it's because he's he's a real guy. He's a relationship person, and... Um, we're a little bit, we're, we're good at some of that, but I think, you know, we're really, really focused on the picture of what we're creating, and that's where we wanted to put most of our attention is the creation yep. of what we're building. And we, we have a passion for this. I mean, we're not doing this because we're trying to flip this company or just make a quick buck off of it. We, we want to build something great. Yeah. I mean, how many people have an opportunity to change history? And, and we have an opportunity to do that, and that's pretty rare. Yeah. So if it goes right, fast forward five years, ten years, what's this look like? Just describe it to your grandmother again. We have over how many centers, Ken? <laughs> In the next five years? Yeah. Um, my guess would be that we'll have over 500 centers worldwide. Yep, owned and operated and uh, running pretty much like the movie industry, but for virtual reality. 
So when you say running like the movie industry, what does that mean? Kind of like a futuristic movie theater. Yep. Ah, okay. How yeah. movies are distributed to theaters, this will be kind of the same thing where content's created and then distributed to the Void Centers. People then can pay a ticket price to come into the Void Center and go into these new worlds, and then that content gets, you know, changed and altered to have a home release, that kind of thing. And you'll work with different artists, perhaps, to create yeah, different, quote-unquote, yeah. environments. Because yep. all you need, really, is a black room, right? Yeah, exactly. The yeah. centers are pretty cool. They have a really beautiful entrance with this lobby that's filled with all of these artifacts and things that have come back from different dimensions. And then after you pass through those artifacts and you get back into the, where the stages are, um, we're going to call them gates in the center. So you'll hear stuff over the intercom like, hey, Jensen party of five, come back to gate six. You're gonna go on this, you know, crazy. So instead of thing. going to theater six, you're going to a virtual stage yeah. that we call gate six. Yep. Oh, and they God. get suited up, and then they go into virtual reality. When they go into virtual reality, half of the building is actually just a warehouse. <laughs> so you see this beautiful entrance, you see these beautiful hallways, and it's all really nicely done. And then once you get into VR, then it's all digital, right? So yeah. half, half, more than half of this center is. Probably just Digital. A massive, beautiful. Each, each of the stages area. are sixty by sixty feet, so um, they're they're good size areas, but they're but they're commercially viable by building it that way. But they're infinite in design. That's what's so cool about them. Yeah. What do you mean by infinite in design? Um, the, we've designed them with these really advanced redirective walking techniques that uh, basically we can do tens of thousands of combinations. Mm -hmm. So we can overlay any kind of experience that you can imagine within these within these stages. So I can put you into a Jurassic world. I can put you into some kind of a fantasy world. I could put you in a cartoon world. Walk the Titanic. Yeah, you could you, you could go almost anywhere, right? So it's uh, it's really limited only by our imagination and what we want to create. I mean, we see education being also a really important role in our centers uh, because there's this wonderful time Monday to Friday daytime that most theaters aren't busy and we will be because we can do uh, you know various types of entertainment uh, geared towards education uh, we can do corporate sharing experiences which is becoming a really big thing mm. and um, you know, there's other, there's lots of other. You can help yeah, people training, overcome phobias. You can train different, surgeons. Different yeah. You can yeah. do all kinds of things. Endless. We're so, really rebuilding worlds and then allowing us to, to manipulate them and put people in them for all kinds of things. So you build anything. So it's a quasi real estate play too, though, right? I mean, you're yeah, gonna... but but we're not the ones doing it. So <clears throat> our our primary focus as a company is really to be. We have to be a combination of technologists. So we're constantly in R and D developing new technologies and hardware to enhance our environment because we want people to put on the equipment and forget about it. We want them to enter another world and just think it's amazing, right? Yeah. And that's the magic of it. And then, uh, and then we need to create content. So we're developing a massive studio in-house. We're going to work with other studios and independent artists and what have you to develop content. Uh, we'll be licensing a lot of um, great content um, through partnerships with film studios and video game studios. Um, but then it has to be housed in these physical locations. It's the only place to do this. So where do we build those? Well, we work with developers, theme park operators. Um, oh, so you're going to work with other people who already have yeah. locations. So you're not going to yeah, worry so about that isn't a real cost. Estate. That isn't a cost oh, for okay, us. Okay. 
the developers put up the cost of that, oh, and great. we have the cost of the technology and the content, and we share in a joint venture partnership. I see. Okay. So most of our partnerships will be, you know, split pretty even down the line. Um, in some markets, it, we, may, we may be smaller. Some markets, we may have more. Um, but the, the nice thing is, we have a flexible system, and we're not becoming real estate experts. We're relying on you know professionals in that industry to help us develop out these great locations worldwide mm -hmm. um, and it's already happening and are they gonna so it's gonna be like a revenue share so you're gonna make like you were telling me or was it you somebody um, it's uh, thirty dollars for 20 minutes right yeah, well, I mean, it's going to range depending on the, the region yeah. that we're in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So $30 to $50 per 20 minutes. You can get, um, let me do the math. So you can have eight people at one time on eight stages. So it's like $48,000 an hour or some crazy number, right? I would have to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's three rotations per hour, right? So it's... So it's, um, it's oh, so it's that's... Well, no, two, because it takes like 10 minutes to get people set up and stuff. No, because they overlap. They overlap. Oh, yeah. so while one... Oh, yeah, we're okay. able to do three rotations per hour on our stages. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so actually it's two seating rooms, so they overlap each other. 48,000 times three, so it's like $150,000 per hour. You're going to be able to monetize these suckers. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not bad. Yeah, you yeah. only have to split it 50-50, so it's like $70,000 an hour yeah. multiplied by, let's say, five hours of like heavy-duty traffic per day times five days, seven days seven a week. Seven days a week. Times seven yeah, days a week. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Disney is going to buy you. <laughs> <laughs> I just did yeah, the math. Yeah, the revenue model is actually yeah, yeah. pretty great. Yeah, yeah. We spend a lot it's, of time on the business plan. It, it will be a very, very successful model. Oh, yeah. And it's actually fairly conservative. Uh, these oh, numbers are actually conservative numbers. Yeah, uh, we, we've we've done extensive feasibility studies and and looked at various points of data. And there isn't an exact example of it, but what's nice is you can look at things like the haunted industry. The haunted industry has literally in in five years in the United States developed to be about a, a six to seven billion dollar industry. And, and that's and that just haunted overnight. houses, right? That's just haunted houses. Is right? there somebody who owns that? I didn't know that. Uh, a bunch of independent operations, right? But big operations stepped in because it it was so successful. You know, so Universal has their what do they call it? The Hollywood um, haunted nights or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Um, and you guys could be doing this every day of the year. Yeah, we, we, we oh could do god. we could do haunted this is experiences, amazing. and yes. it can flow with the season. <laughs> so the our... <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I feel like I'm touching like future. Um, <laughs> I don't even know uh, Disney's Walt. Yeah, future Waltz. I'm touching future Waltz. Oh my god! That's the greatest compliment you could yeah, ever I mean, pay us. Oh my god! Our centers so are exciting. pretty cool. Our centers will be linked together in the future, yeah. so people will be able to experience things with people across the world. Oh my god. That yeah. is think, really think cool. about social experiences too. It doesn't have to just be entertainment in the, in the way that's kind of low lying fruit, like playing a video game, like living a video game. But it can be can be social experiences where we can have avatars that communicate yes. with each other and interact, and we can create events. Like think of a huge rave party with with uh, virtual DJs and. <laughs> And connecting people together inside a virtual world and how cool that would be. You could actually like combine it with art. People are literally creating art yep. uh, and interacting with each other. I mean, we can do some Cross really wild, stuff. funky stuff. You can know? you do paintball? 
<laughs> yeah, that one's easy. But, yeah, but that, that that's, easy. that's you can like, do virtual PayPal. You don't better. get you don't have to get wet. I yeah. mean, think about it. Yeah. Um, so what happens when AR comes into play more? Are you just going to adapt that technology into yours, or what? Well, it's a different technology. Different I know. I mean, different, different. If I, I mean, didn't if have to wear a helmet, I'd probably rather do AR. No. Well, uh, AR is still but it's limited. Stuff. I mean, think about this: the, the limitation of AR in the sense that we're talking about using it is actually not more powerful. It's augmented reality, by the yeah. way, for those yeah. of you who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's, it's cool, and there's applications that could be amazing with AR. In fact, when we were building our Evermore Park, that's what we wanted to do to yeah. add magic to it, because it's a physical park, and by bringing augmented reality, we could, we could bring the magic into it, right? Also do 3D projection mapping, things like that. But um, the limitation is, if you see the real world, then you're limited to the space that you're, you're in. Limited to the real Inside world. our world, it's yeah. not limited. It's right. as right. infinite right. and right. as big right. as you want it to be. It can be any world you want it yeah. to be. You can't do that yeah. in augmented reality. So you can only augment yeah. reality. Yeah. Gotcha. For instance, so. we could have eight-foot ceilings in the void, but yeah. you would be right. seeing the space, <laughs> right? Right. I think the key point is we're doing the opposite. We're taking virtual reality and augmenting augmenting it with physical reality. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool so thing about So you have to come up world. with a phrase for that. Virtual reality augmented with physical <laughs> yeah. reality. We need a good acronym. Yeah, you do. <laughs> VR... So, like, you got to come up with that. Seriously. VRP yeah. or that's, something. That's the only way to be Walt, guys. Virtual reality, physical. Ah, physical <laughs> VR. Uh, PVR. Yeah, PVR. Yeah, PVR. Yeah, okay, just, it happened today. All right. PVR. All right, PVR. Physical so, virtual reality. Physical virtual <laughs> reality. PVR. P- Seriously, you have to have that's your acronym. This has thing. happened right now. All right, all right. Right. We just invented <laughs> something. This is awesome. I told you. I just you. put a TM on Creativity. it. Creativity. <laughs> it happens in threes. Threesomes. Um, <laughs> oh, great. So speaking of sex, um, are you ever going to uh, no branch porn. out? No, no, no porn. Never? No. Because you could make a lot more money that way. Yeah, you can always make a lot more many with technology <laughs> this wouldn't be the first time we've been approached okay. by this right, Ken? right so let me yeah. ask you about this then um what about the b2b like you're you're strictly c to c i mean consumer facing right but what about the b2b applications those could be even bigger and like just as sexy like for example oh, yeah. um a friend uh was mentioning that we could use that you could use your um for flight training, you could use your technology to do to do flight simulators much yeah, yeah. better and much cheaper. And airlines yep. have to spend millions and millions and bazillions of dollars a year on flight simulations yeah. for their pilots. All their pilots have to go through this. So you could have a whole division that's just like our pilot division. Exactly. Oh, yep. yeah, we love this because um, our centers are going to have motion simulators also. So this yeah. is an area we haven't even really dug into in, uh, in a lot of detail, but those motion simulators are going to be set up so they can be any kind of vehicle motion, including like fighting robots or something. So imagine, uh, you know, strapping into a motion simulator and being in fighting robots, and then we network those together inside our, our virtual stages, and now you could have a giant, you know, um, you know game like Titanfall or something like that inside of it as an example. Um, those are those are the kinds of things that we could play out inside this world. But we also see, um, you know, many verticals starting to form in our in our business. And you know, one of those verticals we think are really interesting is kind of taking these motion simulators and getting into these B two B opportunities, right? Yeah, yeah. Driver driver education. Yeah. I have four daughters myself, and I've gone through 
driver's licenses with some of them and it's just hell putting your kids on the road because what happens is they read a book they go out with a driving instructor in suburbia America and simple little streets and now they're on the road right now you're on the road right oh my god and and so as a parent it's just it's awful just knowing that your kids may not come home alive one day because they are not prepared to drive in any way the different environments they might so I actually take I I take a lot of I take a lot of time to like take them in the parking lots and like really teach them how to drive and try to recreate situational driving but the problem is is that you can't do that in the real world it's too dangerous in our world in our simulators we can actually do situational driving Mm, this is going to be amazing that alone is going to be a billion dollars yeah and you could have just apply that to everything all right so are you hiring (laughs) <laughs> uh, we are hiring a lot of people. Right? We are hiring a lot of people. We're um, opening positions all oh, the so time. So tell me more about your like financial situation. Like, have you raised capital? What's your? Yeah, you're quite definitely a bit. raising capital quite a bit. for this one, right? Yeah. So we, we went an interest, interesting route because I had money and our other partner had money. We were able to uh, do the seed capital round, and that's that's really important for a company to be able to have that option right Show traction. a lot of companies don't have that and you're yeah. going to give away the biggest chunk of your company at that moment right mm-hmm. we didn't have to give it away That's good. and so <clears throat> the next round uh, we knew what we had and we valued our business model and we stuck to our guns and said this is going to be the price and it, it wasn't a cheap price but it was a, a it was a fair price <laughs> what I like to call a fair price and, you know, we haven't given up our company. Um, so we raised quite a bit of capital. We're raising more, um, which is, is available to us for many different potential partners. But we're picking our partnerships wisely. We want good partners that bring a lot of strategic value. You know, when you're a young entrepreneur, you, <clears throat> you just want to grab whatever money you can get your hands on and just because you're starving and you're trying to get some craft macaroni and cheese and, and, <laughs> yes. and live off of it. But, uh, you know, we were in the fortunate position. We didn't have to do that. So then when you're in that position, I think one of the most important things is just get great partners that bring lots of other values to the table beyond just the money. And if you can get those right kind of partnerships together, it really goes a long way into really helping you develop a really successful business. So how much are you raising now? A lot. That's a lot. A hundred million? I can't. I can't. 10 more, million? Yeah, more than that. So, so yeah. it, it takes I mean, a lot to build what we're building. It so. does. I mean, we're building like four companies smashed into one. We're building technology yeah. and content. Okay, so what kinds of people are you trying to hire for? Like, what are you using the money for? Uh, lots of different things. Uh, there's a lot of money that goes into engineering. When you get into technology, engineering, and prototype design and then manufacturing of the you know of the units that you're developing there's a lot of different business units in our company it's a very complex project because we have not only technology but we have content creation we have licensing deals we have so you're getting into that whole ball of wax of just uh, you know putting together all of these different deals you you start dividing a lot of different departments because you need you need people to kind of head those up and we have kind of an interesting way of developing our business. Um, we, we believe in really creating a win-win situation with our employees and creating a great environment. And we want people to have decision-making power. 
And even as we scale to a big company, most big companies lose that. Mm -hmm. We never want to get in that position. We want to make sure that our company is managed from both the bottom up and the top down. So what does that um, look like effectively? It just means you're enabling people to make decisions and, and how do you to have say some that? creative how do you, process. How do you express and, that? How do you like make sure that happens? Um, <clears throat> it's it's really being well organized. I think, especially if you're smaller, it's not too difficult to do that. But when you're bigger, you have to trust people and you have to let go a little bit and not not over control the business and allow people to be. Uh, the creative, wonderful professionals that they are, and allow them to just build a, you know, help you build a great company, and that's that's just bringing on the right people. I think one of the one of the key, most difficult things is to really get the best possible people that you can get, and and that isn't just skill set. I think what that looks like is is um, it's just bringing on people that you you like, um, you trust, and... Um, so so you're going to be hiring how many people over the next few months, or years, or how long? Over the next year, I think our studio will grow probably to 500 or more people. So how the hell are you doing that? <laughs> that's actually, that's a huge task. Well, it's actually... Uh, that's hard. It's, it, the, the hard part is managing an influx of people that want to work at the void right now, actually. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the coolest project that you could imagine for all those people out there that are creating films and creating video games and we're smashing those two huge industries together. There's a lot of great talent out there. So you've gotten a lot of press or you've gotten yes. some press? Okay. And so those people have found out about you and now they're coming through all channels and yeah. you've got to just manage figuring out who the right people are. Yeah. How, what's your theory about hiring and firing and how do you, you know, how do you, what if you make a mistake? You hire somebody. We, we found that we've developed such a good culture that people weed themselves out. They drive out. or they kind of <laughs> weed themselves out, yeah. Yeah, if they don't, if they don't participate and don't really bring their best to the table, they don't they feel comfortable being with us, you know, they don't want to be there. Because it's it's and it's not pushing them out. It's really just realizing that they can't really fulfill what needs to be done. And so, we need great skill sets, and then we want great personalities. And people people get really excited about what we're doing, and they put their all into it. Um, and that's what we do. You know, we lead by example too. So we're right there with them. Is this going to be uh, a public company eventually, or do you, do you think you'll sell? No. Not, you don't want it to be public. No, no never. You, you want it to be a big lifestyle. Business. Yes, we want to stay with this. The problem with the public company is, is that but you've got investors, you, so they're going to. As soon as you become a public company, it's all about numbers and yeah. it's all about quotas and, and all the fun goes away. Yeah. All the fun goes away, and and you don't. And I also think that it can be really disruptive to the success of a business. Why can't you be private and actually make profitability, be well, a profitable me, business? Because right? you have investors. As soon as you get investors in, you have the problem of having to please them, and they want to sell or they want to exit or uh, IPO. Flip. Yeah, yeah. Flip. So what are you doing to manage expectations of investors then? Uh, we tell them that we're never going to go public. <laughs> we, they must love we, that. They want to be we, a part of us. And that's they the do, rules. don't have a majority control. Okay. Uh, we have control of our company. So how do they get their money back? Um, by us making profitability and 
there's there's micro exits that can happen. You don't have to just uh, sell the whole company. Yeah. There's there's lots of opportunity to create liquidity in a company, even a private company. Um, so you just have to get creative on how you do that. Mm-hmm. I think you know with a lot of the strategics too. If you get the right strategic partners, they, they don't have, want to exit. <laughs> they, they have bigger interests yeah. in the long. Yeah, they long want to learn. Also. They want to. Well, and it's also their that there's through opportunities you. through our company with their companies to to, to um, um, benefit in more ways than just the investment in our company. Yeah, so, sure. That's, and those, those are, are the, the kind of partnerships that we look for. Yeah, you, you, know? don't, you definitely don't want VCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, no we, offense. We haven't gone to the VC No offense, community. VCs, yeah. but um, they'll just... You know, they you play know. a role, and yeah. um, but Maybe not in our role. Um, not in our world, we've yeah. gotten more private equity. Good for you. Yeah. And and other strategic investments. Yeah, so. this is so cool. It's a very, um, it's a re- really great, exciting thing, and I um, hope to stay in touch with you guys as you grow. Yeah, it was great to have you. Yeah, it was great to have you on the show. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Right, bye, everybody.